You're listening to a message preached at Front Range Baptist Church by Pastor Dean Miller. It is our prayer that this message will be a help and an encouragement to you in your spiritual walk. Now, here's Pastor Miller. How many of you enjoyed the last couple of weeks with my dad? How many of you wish that he was back here tonight? I told my dad, I said, man, I think, uh, I think, I, I think I, I could probably just be an assistant pastor here. That would be great. Have dad come and... Uh, but, but he enjoyed being here the last couple of weeks. And thank you for loving on him. Um, my, we were just sharing some stories um, at dinner tonight. And I know that, that, that feeling to see your dad. Um, my, you know, when my mom went to be with the Lord just a couple years ago here. And uh, knowing what that is to lose a parent and... Um, to see their faithfulness for that for that many years and how they served the Lord and how they put that into you, they instilled that into your, your heart. And I'm just so thankful that you um, loved on my dad. He enjoyed being here. He, he had a time of his life. And uh, he said, are you going to be gone any other time this summer? And uh, I said, oh, not as much as normal, but I do have a couple of Wednesday nights that I'll be out. So I'll, I'll call him up and have him, have him uh, on something, okay? But um, how many of you learned some great things? How many of you learned some things you didn't know before? You might learn some things you didn't know before. All right, good. And usually with my dad teaching, I've always learned things I'd, I'd never, never studied before or heard before. And uh, he's just a, a great student of the Bible. Tonight, we're going we're gonna to start uh, something that will carry over the next few weeks. Um, may skip a week in there. Um, but we're going to look at, we're going to look at, what we've been talking about with the tabernacle, we're going to see something in a place that is often unheard of in the Bible. So we're going to watch a video tonight for just a second, like we've been doing. Um, these are videos that I took, impromptu videos when we were in Israel. Didn't have any intention of using these other than just my own personal remember where I was and, uh, and kind of be able to document our trip but want to share them with you. So this is uh, just an impromptu video. There was no, no pre-planning to what I said. Sometimes I was just thinking through the moment and kind of overwhelmed in that moment of where we were. But this was one of the highlights of my trip, is to come to this place. It's, it's just only been recently discovered and verified to be the place where the tabernacle stood. And we're going to take just a minute. We'll watch this video, and then we're going to go in your Bible to Genesis 49 first, and then we're going to run to the book of 1 Samuel. And we'll only just have a few minutes tonight because I, I, I want to spend a little more time in prayer tonight for our young people and for a couple of other big requests that are on my heart tonight. So uh, we'll watch the video and then we'll go to Genesis chapter 49. Hey, this has been a highlight today for me personally. This is, this is Shiloh. And uh, what's significant about Shiloh and why it was so... Um, important for me today to be here. When I was in seventh and eighth grade, my Bible class for those two years was verse by verse through first and second Samuel. And so much of what happened in Israel's early history is they came across Jordan and they came to this place in Shiloh and they erected the tabernacle. And this is, this was the, the headquarters for the, the spiritual and the military conquest of all the land of Canaan. And for 369 years, this is where, right here, where the tabernacle would have sat. And you might be more familiar with the story of 
of um, Hannah coming to this place. This is where Hannah came to the tabernacle and prayed and God gave her Samuel. And then of course, Samuel is the one who anointed kings and gave us King David. And eventually the capital moved from Shiloh to Jerusalem. And of course, that's where the city of David and then the temple by Solomon and one day Jesus will reign. But I just wanna think about for just a minute, as long as the people of God in this place were being obedient to God and sacrificing and going from here in conquest, they had great victory in this land. But when they got away from worshiping of the Lord here, they got away from doing the things that God had told them. They began to worship the gods of the Canaanites. They became servants of the Canaanites. And so here's the lesson that I get from Shiloh. Number one is that we have a very personal God that hears the prayer of your heart and will answer prayers. You can ask of God and God will give answers to our prayers. But not only that, he's a God of victory and conquest. God desires his people to take the possessions that he's given us. And so here in this place, I'm reminded again that God has so many victories for us. We are, we are made to be conquerors. Let's keep the Lord in the center. Let's worship him. Let's love him. Let's obey him and take the victories that he's given us. And what great lessons from this place called Shiloh. But we're going to see tonight why Shiloh is such a mystery to most Christians. Look in Genesis 49. This is, a, this is a, what's often referred to as the judgment seat of Jacob. Jacob has been brought now in his old years back to Egypt to be reunited with his son Joseph, who for all those years he thought was dead. He comes back to the land. Joseph has established him in the place of Goshen. And now Jacob, what was Jacob's name? What did God change his name to? Israel. This is Israel. And so now here's Israel in Egypt. And uh, there he is about to die. And he has the judgment seat of Israel, of Jacob, where he brings his sons in. And he begins to tell his sons what their future is, what their fate will be, what their reward will be or their punishments will be and so forth. And this is the judgment seat. This is when some things were uncovered that had been covered before. This was, a, this was an intense moment in the family of God. And notice, if you will, in verse number nine, he said, Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He crouched as a lion and as an old lion. Who shall rouse him up? Now, when, when Jacob starts talking to Judah, something is significantly different than the way he talked to his other sons. When he talked to Judah, he talked in this poetic way. There was some poetry. There was some there was some hidden meanings in what he was saying to Judah. And then he says in verse number 10, the scepter. Now everybody asked, answer this question. What is a scepter for? King. It's a king, a king's scepter. It's a, it's a, a scepter is a sign of authority. It's a sign of judgment. It's a sign of rule. It's a sign of, of the king. And he says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. 
and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And now this is the first time we see Shiloh mentioned. And in this poetic language, Shiloh is a person. But in the scripture, Shiloh is a place. And this is a prophecy that he is making in regards to Judah and Judah as a lion, Judah as a king, Judah as a lawgiver, Judah as the one who is reigning and ruling. And then it will be seen fully in the person named Shiloh. Now, this is something that as you read the Old Testament stays somewhat covered. And we really don't uncover a lot of the mystery until you understand Christ and the life of Jesus Christ and his his prophecy and his rejection. But we're going to see some things about Shiloh. Shiloh was this prophecy that was given by Jacob to Judah. And it really revolves around the Lord Jesus Christ in his person and not necessarily in the place. But yet the place had much to do with the prophecy. And we'll see that in weeks to come. Look with me very quickly in in uh, Psalm, in Psalms 79, I'm sorry, 78. Look at Psalm 78. Psalm 78. This is in, uh, in this song, if you look down at verse number 55 of Psalm 78. The Bible says he cast out the heathen also before them and divided them an inheritance by line and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Okay, so here's what happened. He's he's now in this psalm talking about when Israel came into Canaan and God, God began to divide the inheritance up. God began to overthrow the land and divide the inheritance of that land that he had given to his people. He began to divide it up and Israel began to dwell in their tents. Uh, living in the, in the homes and in the dwellings of the people of that land. Remember when the Bible says you'll, you'll live in houses you didn't build. You'll eat of vineyards you didn't plant. You're going you're gonna to go into this land of milk and honey, and you're going to go into an inheritance that you did not build, that I'm going to give you. You're going to go take the inheritance that I'm going to give you. And so Israel now is in this place, and God is dividing the land up. Now, We'll look at this in the next few weeks, but in Joshua 18, you're going to see that this is happening in Shiloh where God is dividing the land from that place. That it it happened not by Joshua. It didn't happen by Israel's military might. It happened by the will of God. God was giving his people the land that he'd promised to them way back in Abraham. And now it was coming to pass in a place called Shiloh. Look at verse 56. So God is giving them this land. God is giving them this this place. Yet they, Israel, tempted and provoked the Most High God and kept not his testimonies, but turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places 
and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. When God heard this, he was wroth and he greatly abhorred Israel. So he, God, forsook the tabernacle of where? The tent which he placed among them and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. He gave his people over also unto the sword and was wroth with his inheritance. The fire consumed their young men and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword and their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awakened as one out of sleep and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine and he smote his enemies in the hinder parts and he put them to a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim. This is where Shiloh is. Shiloh was in the, the land of Ephraim. And God said, I am not choosing Joseph anymore, and I'm not choosing the land of Ephraim anymore. But he chose the tribe of Judah. The Mount Zion, which he loved. Now, that's where Jerusalem is. And he built his sanctuary like high places, like the earth, which he hath established forever. He chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes, Great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. Shiloh is, is, a, is a place in the Bible that is going to show clearly some significant prophecies of Jesus Christ. And we're going to see Christ now. For the last few weeks, you've seen some very clear pictures of Christ in the tabernacle. Did you not? It's amazing how you, as you walk through the tabernacle, every piece, every, everywhere you look in the tabernacle. I don't know uh, if, you, if, you, if you went through it in your mind, but every turn in the tabernacle, who do you see? You see Christ. The presence of God, the glory of God, the Shekinah presence of almighty God in the midst of his people clothed in this humble tent. What a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ in his humanity. Here he comes in all of his glory of God. We beheld the word was made flesh and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father. Here's Jesus Christ clothed in humility and yet the glory of God. That's what this tabernacle was. And it stood in this place of Shiloh. Now listen, for 369 years. People talk about the tabernacle being a place of, of temporary dwelling, and yet Israel never had a temple that endured longer than that place. The, the temple in Shiloh stood longer than any other temple, and it stood in a place that God had designed way back when as a place designed for conquering. Look, look back with me one spot, and then we got to go to prayer. And we'll, we'll pick up on this. But it, to me, it was, it was so important tonight to, to be able to hear the testimony of, of the Pace family and what God's doing in Peru and what God wants to do in this place and the importance of missions, the importance of the gospel, the importance of the local church. 
in what we're a part of. We cannot grow weary in all that's going on in the world and all that's going on in the culture. We can't grow weary of all of this. And it was important for us to take time tonight because it has so much to do with what is going on with the tabernacle at Shiloh. Look at verse, look at verse 18, I'm just sorry, chapter 18, verse 1 of the book of Joshua. Now remember, they've come over Jordan. They've already conquered, they've already conquered Jericho. They've marched to the south. They had a southern campaign, took all the southern part of Israel. Remember then in chapter 11, they went up to Hazor. Remember, remember the tale of Hazor? We went up to Hazor and man, in chapter 11 of Joshua, they had the great northern conquest. They set Hazor on fire, overthrowing all the kings of Canaan up in that place. I mean, it was a principal city of all those kings and all those armies. And God did a great miracle at Hazor. How many remember that from a few weeks ago? Okay. So God did. So now Israel has conquered the south. They've conquered the north. Yet there's much land that remains to be conquered. And so they've established this this conquering. And now watch what happens in chapter 18, verse one. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh. And set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. Now, they came in and they conquered the south. They have conquered much of the north. And yet there remained much land to be conquered. They come to Shiloh. And if you understand, we'll look at some maps in the next few weeks. We're going to look at we're going to look at a place um, where Shiloh is. In the hill country, up in the mountains of of Ephraim. And it's, it's in a spot that stayed undiscovered for a long, long time because it's really in a just a very indiscreet place. Um, God put it in a place where it, it, it didn't call a lot of attention to itself. But it was a very key location in the land and they set up this tabernacle there. And when they put that, land, that, that tabernacle there, the land was subdued before them. The putting of that tabernacle in Shiloh was the crowning moment of the land belongs to us. It was a picture of victory. It was a picture of conquering. It was a picture of God, the Most High, reigning in his land. And yet there were enemies all about them, but God reigned in the midst of his people. Look at verse number two. And there remained among the, the children of Israel seven tribes, which had not received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers hath given you? Give out from among you three men for each tribe, and I will send them, and they shall rise and go through the land and describe it according to the inheritance of them, and they shall come again to me. And so this is where he, he took these seven tribes, he divided them up, he sent them out, they came back and described the land, and then jo- then. then, then they began to divide the land up and give all of these tribes their place. This is where Reuben and Gad were sent out from this place to go beyond the Jordan to the east and take their place beyond. This, this, this was a place where the land was being divided up and the land was being conquered. What we're going to learn a couple things about Shiloh, the mystery of Shiloh is this. Shiloh fits into the prophetic plan of God as it relates to Christ, as it relates to the victory of God's people. Amen. And this is a very relevant message for our, our age, because I want to tell you, Christians are not living 
victorious lives. We are not taking the things that God has given us. Listen, I, I, I have so much I want to say, but we got to get to prayer. When, when God sent his people into the land, he didn't say, go and take the land. He said, go take the possessions that I've given to you. In other words, I've already given it to you. Go take what I've already given you. Go take what's already yours. This is the, this is the Christian life. We don't fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. He, Christ already reigns. He already rules. He's already on high. He's, he is Shiloh. And we're going from that power and that victory to take the things that God has given to us. There is so much victory that remains for the people of God. And yet we see Christians living in bondage to sin. We're, we're in bondage to, to the culture, to the whims of our flesh. We're in bondage to discouragement and to defeat. Um, we, we, get, we get so overwhelmed with all the things that are going on in the world and we, we forget that we live in this world, but we're not of this world. And that we've been given this victory through Christ. And man, what a joy it is to know that. So we're going we're gonna to jump into Shiloh. And uh, we're going to learn some things I think will be, will be extremely helpful and profitable for us as Christians. Listen, Shiloh is a place, I mentioned it on the video, it's a place of answered prayer. It's a place where God is personal with his people. Let me just tell you this. You're going to see in the scripture... God took things personally at Shiloh. God took things personally. Like, for instance, when Reuben and Gad built another altar, from Shiloh, there were men sent from that place to tell them, "Uh uh-uh, we're not not building these other things. There's one place, There's there's one altar, there's one place to worship. Jesus is the way. God took things very personally. At Shiloh, when, when here comes Hannah with a broken heart to the door of the tabernacle and she just murmurs with her lips, but a prayer of her heart. God heard that and God answered the prayer of her heart. Aren't you glad to know that God knows the prayers of your heart? God can hear you. God knows how to answer. God knows how to give you above and beyond all. The, she was asking for a son that she just said, Lord, give me a son that I can give back to you. And he said, I'm going to give you way more than that. I'm going to give you Samuel who I'm going to give him to you. You're going to give him to me. And he is going to do great things in this land. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. And I want to tell you. Christians today are missing out on victorious prayer, personal relationships with God, Canaan conquering, victory living, because um, we're not in Shiloh. And we're not coming into the place where God takes things personal. We're not taking him personal. We're going to do it, though, okay? So um, we're going to take some time to pray.